الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفاسلام Tuhur, purity. Purity is half of Iman. Man, man. If one has to ponder over this, then it becomes a very big question that there are such great, great amal in deen, the pillars of Islam, Islam, Islam this salah, this, this zakat, this fasting, this hajj, this, hajj, this hajj. And these are just still the pillars of Islam. Apart from this, there are so many aspects of deen. So all this together on one side is half of iman and purity alone is half. So this has surpassed all these other amal in its, in its, in its position and status. In one hadith, Rasulullah says, Al-Imanu bid'u wa sab'una shu'bah. Iman has more than 70 branches. So in other words, purity is one branch of Iman, which is on one side, one half, and the rest of all these 70 and more branches on the other side. So, this becomes a question that, how does this really fit in? So in terms of how we understand purity to the extent of our understanding and our knowledge of what taharat is all about, then this is a very big question that how does this fit in, how does this relate to everything else, that this is half of iman. Everything else combined is the other half. This is something difficult to understand then. But whereas the concept of taharat that, that, that we have is a very limited concept. That's also an extremely fundamental and important concept. It's essential. But it's still very limited. Taharat is far beyond what we generally understand. Taharat, the reality of Taharat doesn't finish off where we learned Taharat in Maktab, for example. It starts off from the only. That is just the beginning of Taharat. But taharat continues long after that. So that taharat is also extremely important and that is something very emphasized in deen. When a person would think about what is the reality of taharat, and actually this hadith sharif goes on, which becomes even more astounding. 
And subhanallah and alhamdulillah, Nabi Islam says, Tamla'an, or Kala Tamla'u ma bayna samanawati wal ard. It will fill the entire space between the heavens and the earth with the reward. And then, salatu nurun. Salah, salah is a light, it will light everything up. Was sadaqadaqatu burhanun. And sadaqa, this is a proof for a person on the day of qiyamah. وَالصَّدَقَةُ بُرْحَانٌ وَالْحَجُّ دِيَاعٌ وَالصَّبْرُ دِيَاعٌ And sabr, sabr will be a light for him on the day of Qiyamah. Now, one subhanallah, then a person, what more he wants now? Some person might say, I'll just say subhanallah a few times. Okay, not once, I won't suffice on once. I'll say a few times, I don't want to do anything then. Anything then. Anything then. And if I said subhanallah, walhamdulillah, then what, what's left for me to do? But actually, all this is in relation to that taharat. Like a person, if his taharat is in order, the first basic level of taharat, if that is in order, then his salah will be salah. But he didn't make wudu, and he's performing salah. He performed a very, very beautiful salah. Postures excellently. He recited surah Baqarah, Baqarah, Baqarah in the first rakat. And carried on in this, in, this, in this manner, one one surah in each rakat, by the time he finishes four rakats, it will be seven, eight paras he'll recite. And he made lengthy rukus and lengthy sajda. But he didn't make wuzu. He didn't make wuzu, what kind of salah would that be? Would that be rewarded as salah at any level? That salah won't be accepted. He didn't have taharat. And if he didn't have Ghusal also, then he was even getting sin for reciting the Qur'an Sharif. He is reciting Qur'an Sharif, but the lack of taharat, let alone getting reward, he is getting sin. Because that level of taharat now prohibits him from reciting Qur'an Sharif in that condition. He must quickly clean himself, take a ghusal. Now the first level of taharat, if that's not complete, even the outer form of that ibadat too won't be accepted. Out of form that salah is not acceptable. So just as there is, there is this one level of taharat, that a person has to be in a state of ghusl, then if he has to perform his salah, he must have wudu also. And then together with that, all the other aspects of external cleanliness. This too is something that we have been emphasized upon in deen. person makes miswak, Miswak is a form of external cleanliness. It purifies the mouth, cleanses the mouth, removes the odors. Now the person took the effort and the care to use the miswak at the time of wudu. One is that it cleans his mouth. But then together with that, because he took this care to 
cleanse himself externally. Mardatun lirrab became a means of earning the pleasure, pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is part of external cleanliness. But this is one act of external cleanliness became a means of him earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Now his salah got multiplied the reward of that same salah which he would have made without miswak. Now after having used that miswak, he took care for this external cleanliness. The reward of that salah got multiplied, multiplied 70 times. One is a person now, he's selling some item and he can make maybe thousand rand profit. He's selling something, 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 thousand rand profit. Somebody says, no, I'll give you 70,000. Sometimes if we just add a few more zeros, we're supposed to get 100,000, somebody told him now, 7 million. And you make it million and 70 million, million. But all this million and 70 million also is all nothing in comparison to what Allah Ta'ala is giving. Now that's external cleanliness. But this is how important that external cleanliness is. That this one act only, we just look at this one act of miswak alone. What a simple act, what effort it takes. But this is something which Nabi Islam has given so much of virtue, explained so much of virtue about it. And in this particular hadith, this sums it all. Matharatun lilfam wa mardatun lirrab. Earns the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. A person who is now taking the care for this external taharat, this external cleanliness, already this is so far he's being taken. But this is still the, the, the first level. Taharat has only begun. Done, done. So the first level of taharat is that this external side of a person. This too has to be clean, kept clean, kept pure. And taking this extra care brings this extra reward that Salah got multiplied so many times more, the reward of it. But then there's a second level of taharat. Now, that which Nabi Islam explained, that, that one, well, Alhamdulillah, will fill the scales. If a person only thinks about it at this first level of taharat, it's hard to imagine how it works. In any case, that's not the point of whether we can understand it, how it works or not. But that alone, it just doesn't come to mind that this much of taharat and alhamdulillah will fill the scales with the rewards of good deeds. No, it is that all, all, all the types and levels of taharat combined. When all this taharat has been achieved, now that one subhanallah will fill the scales. Just as when that first level of taharat was missing, that salah was no salah. Wasn't even valid. But now that that first level of taharat is there, the salah became valid. It's fine, the obligation got fulfilled. If he performed the salah correctly, but he had wudu, he had ghusl, he had wudu, the obligation got fulfilled. Without, without, without that first level, even the obligation didn't get fulfilled. But now to make this salah, that salah where that one subhanallah will be deciding that salah will fill the scales, that is now requiring still much, much more taharat. So the second level of taharat, the second level of taharat is that the external limbs of a person, these must be cleansed from sin. 
external limbs of a person to become soiled with sin, sin, sin. One is a person, he gets soiled with some impurity, some urine touched his body, some other dirt and filth touched his body. So now he has to wash that off because that's impure. If he comes to perform his salah with that on his clothes, with that on his body, he might have made his ghusl, made his wudu, but his clothing is not pure, it's not pak. It's soiled in impurity. Then that external impurity of that nature, nature, nature will render that salah null and void again. If it's more than a certain amount, it'll render the salah null and void. That external purity is also necessary. Now just as this external purity, when this touched the body, it soiled the body. That had to be washed off. It came onto the clothing, that clothing had to be washed off. Likewise, sins soil the body. There is a najasat that comes as a result of sin. And this is clearly explained to us in the ayat of the Quran Sharif that sins are also a najasat. It's a filth. It's dirt. Of a very high level dirt. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Innam al-khamr wal-maysiru wal-ansabu wal-azlam rijsum min amali shaitan fajtanibu all intoxicants, all kinds of, kinds, of, kinds of gambling, and the thing that they used to do in the time of Jahiliyyad, this soothsaying and by means of arrows trying to, trying to, trying to take out various, uh, how they used to try and work out now, whether I should do this or don't do it, so if that arrow comes out to say, okay, do it, then I'll do it, and believe that this is, this is, this is giving us some news of the unseen, all these kind of things that used to happen in Jahiliyyat and all the kinds of other things that used to be done in terms of gambling and whatever else. Allah Ta'ala says, Rijsun. All this is Rijs. Rijs, the same word we use for Najasat. This is the meaning of Rijs. It's Najasat. One is a Najasat that is visible. This Najasat is not visible with the naked eye. Allah Ta'ala is calling it Najasat. It's Najasat. But because this is not visible with the naked eye, the salah will get valid. Allah Ta'ala hasn't now made it such that if a person now, despite having committed some sin, uh, if he didn't make sincere tawbah yet, then that salah is not yet valid. Allah Ta'ala's fazal and karam, Allah Ta'ala said, okay, that salah is discharged. discharged. But the reward of that salah, well, there's a najasat involved here. So it will be very diminished. There's a, there's a dirt, there's a filth. Now this taharat requires cleansing this external self from the filth of sins. External sins. In the Hadith Sharif, Hadith Sharif, Hadith Sharif it comes that when a person lies, that when he lies, تَبَاعَدَ عَنْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ مِيلًا مِنْ نَتْنِ مَا جَاءَ the angels flee away to the distance of one mile. Why? It's because of the stench that comes out of his mouth. Now stench comes from what? If a person has some freshly cooked food, so what does he get out of that food? He gets that, get that beautiful aroma, that wonderful fragrance. But now when it starts rotting, 
So it's the food that rots first. The food that decays, stench is like, it's something intangible. Stench on itself can't, in itself can't exist. It's like color. You can't say, no, well, uh, I'm not giving you the, my kurta, just take the color only. I'm giving you the color as a gift. Somebody has to now gift us only the color. Say, no, say, no, say, no don't touch the kurta. That's mine. You can take the color and go. See, this person, Allah Ta'ala give him shifa. Say, don't take the kurta, just take the color and go. Make dua for him. That color can't exist on its own. own. It has to exist on something. Likewise, that stench, that fragrance can't exist on its own. It exists on something. When it was fresh, that food was wholesome, it was very nutritious, yet it gave off that fragrance. When the food itself started rotting and decaying, now it gave off that stench, stench, stench. It's the food first decaying. The stench doesn't exist on its own. So something has happened physically. But insan is not capable and not able to understand, understand it, understand it, understand it, or perceive it. But something has happened physically. As a result of which the stench is now emanating. Now that the stench is emanating, but the malaika, the pure creation of Allah Ta'ala. As a result of their purity, they can perceive it. But now something has happened physically as a result of which the stench is coming out. And the malaika cannot tolerate that, see, that, see, that stench to save themselves from that taklif and that difficulty. Nabi Islam says they flee to the extent of one mile. I mean, natri ma'ajabi, due to the odor of this person's mouth. So now this is a najasat, it's a filth that has come into the person as a result of this external sin. So now just as that first level of taharat is to clean the body of all the kinds of impurities, what we learn, mashallah, in the maktarab, and which we, alhamdulillah, practice, but now there's this level of taharat also. This level of taharat, 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 now this is shatrul iman. Nabi Islam said it is half of iman. So this level of taharat, cleansing the body from all the external sins. So whether it is lying, whether it is backbiting, once, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, Nabi Islam said to her something, or somewhere the discussion came up about Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha. Now, it happens sometimes among co-wives that now there is this rivalry. Now, in that sometimes some, there's a little bit of overstepping the mark too. The Sahaba, some mistakes happened in their lives as a lesson for us. Allah Ta'ala made it happen so that we could learn, learn out of, out of, out of their mistakes. But who are they? Who are they? Allah Ta'ala announced about them already. Radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them. They are pleased with Allah Ta'ala. They set a certificate of Jannah they received while walking on earth. But some mistakes happened which they then repented from, made such toba which our good deeds can't, can't, can't reach that level that they got out of their toba. So in any case, Aisha radiallahu when Hazrat Safiya's name came, so she made a gesture. A gesture to say, you're talking about that one who's so short. In a kind of, sort of, in a way of mocking, so to say. Rasulullah said to her, Oh Aisha, you've said such a thing, 
لو مزجت بها البحر لحر لمزجتها that if this the, the, the statement of yours if the effect of the statement is, is, is mixed up into the ocean it will pollute the entire ocean this one statement is so harmful it is so filled with, filled with, filled with impurity that if this was mixed into the ocean, seven oceans can we imagine what mass of water is there and these laws may say it will pollute the, the entire ocean now there is a filth in it, in those statements, in that backbiting, there is a filth in it. It's soiling a person. That haram glance that, that, that he's casting, that haram that he's looking at, it's soiling his eyes, it's soiling his heart, it's soiling him from head to toe. All, all, all these external sins are also a najasat. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning it as najasat. Rijsum min amali shaitan. This is filth from, from, from the handiwork of shaitan. Fajtani boo. Refrain from it entirely. So this is the second level of taharat. Now many a times a person sometimes says that but now I'm, I'm so caught up in this sin and this is such an important level of taharat. It's polluting me. My head to toe is getting soiled and polluted in the, in the, in the filth of sin. How do I give up this. I am so caught up in the clutches of the sin, I try, try to give it up, I can't give it up. One aspect is that this is sometimes just a deception of nafs and shaitan that it's now impossible for you to give up this sin. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing impossible. Nothing is impossible, it requires nevertheless the procedure. What is required to give up that sin? The first the thing that is required is himmat, courage. Nothing is achieved in dunya without that himmat. person can't undo sense also without himmat. He can't swallow one morsel of food also without himmat. Sometimes a person gets so ill, that I don't even have the courage to eat. So himmat is gone. That himmat we have to use for everything in dunya. To give up sin, we don't have to make any himmat, don't have any courage for it, how is it going to happen? Person will have to have, to have, the, have, to have the courage, that himmat. So one is that himmat. How that himmat comes, we'll discuss just now. But that himmat is extremely essential. Then, 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 the second thing is to make dua to Allah Ta'ala for the tawfiq of giving up sin. Many a times a person is just wishing, Without even making dua for it. Repeatedly it is wishing. Well, I wish I could give this up. Or maybe at the most he might be just asking somebody something. But he's not making dua. Rasulullah is masoom. Completely sinless. And he's making dua. Allahumma arhamni bi tarkil maasi. Wala la tushqini bi maasiyatik. Ya Allah, have mercy on me. Bi tarkil maasi. By enabling me to give up sin. Masoom. Completely sinless. What sin Nabi Islam is talking about? He's giving us lesson. Sin, sin. Let make this dua. Beg Allah Ta'ala's help. Ya Allah, you assist me, you shower your rahmat upon me. What is going to bring this rahmat down? What is this, this, this great rahmat I'm asking for? Shower the rahmat upon me of enabling me to stay away from sin. Wala tushqini bi ma'asiyatik. 
Ya Allah, don't make me deprived due to my sins. That sins become a means of deprivation. It deprives a person of akhirat. Deprives a person of the khairat and blessings from Allah Ta'ala. It becomes a means, a, means, a, means, a means of depriving a person of dunya also. That sin becomes a means of depriving a person of the barakat of dunya. Sometimes he might have just the form of dunya. But, but, but Allah forbid if the barakat has been snatched out of it due to sin, that form becomes azab. So that form also must have barakat in it. In it. For it to become a means of peace. For it to become a means of a person's goodness. Otherwise that too becomes a problem. So dua. In another dua Nabi Islam used to make that Allahumma inni as'aluka khair that in the dua among the things Nabi Islam asked for is وَتَرْكَلْ Munkarat, Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbal khairat, 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 fi'lal khairat, wa tarkal munkarat, wa hubbal masakin. Allah, enable me to do what is good. Allah, I'm asking you for this. Fi'lal khairat. And then, wa tarkal munkarat. Allah, enable me to leave out all vices. Rasulullah doesn't have any sin, any vice. He's teaching us. So without dua, we want to just get there. You're not even asking, not even begging from Allah Ta'ala. One is a very, very casual dua. Person's heart is somewhere and he's saying something. He's not even conscious of what he's saying. Allah Ta'ala doesn't listen to the dua of an inattentive heart. The heart must be in the dua. There must be genuine how a person would ask in desperation for something. And he's really desperate. How, how, how you'll ask? With that kind of desperation to beg Allah Ta'ala. Because this is the greatest problem that a person can find himself, find himself, find himself in. For worse than the problem of any level of poverty. Worse than the problem of any kind of, any amount of debt. Worse than the problem of anything, anything else. Is the problem of getting caught up in sin. Because this becomes a means of problem upon problem. So now to make dua for it. Then the thing, the thing, the thing that Allah Ta'ala has given as the prescription. To be in the company of the righteous. And this is what brings the first point. This is where that himmat develops. In the company of the righteous, this himmat transfers. So to the extent that he will adopt the company of the pious and the righteous, to that extent this himmat will build up. Many times a person goes out in Jamaat, for example, and he's had a completely different life before that. He was living a completely carefree life, not concerned about his salah, involved in all kinds of vices, then he spends a period of time in the right manner, in that company who, who, who is there, Allah knows, whose condition is what and what level is the relationship that Allah, somebody has with Allah Ta'ala. As a result of that environment and, and, and that company, by the time the person returns that life has turned around. There's a revolution in his life. A person goes in the company of some Allah and spends a short time sometimes. And suddenly there's a whole revolution in his heart. Now this is that system Allah has created. Be with the righteous. So to the, to the extent that a person will adopt the procedure, everything in dunya, we adopt the procedure for it. A person wants to uh, 
he has a problem, heart problem, he has to undergo some bypass now, so he fulfills fulfill, fulfill the whole procedure from A to Z. Because now there's a blockage, that blockage requires a bypass. So now he goes through the whole procedure. He doesn't say, well, okay, wait, I'll just have some panados, he'll come right. That bypass now is going to be required, the panados are not going to do the job. He, he, he takes the whole procedure. This too is a procedure. Allah Ta'ala set out a procedure. So to the extent the person will adopt the procedure, to that, to that, to that extent he'll achieve the end result. With the fazal of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the second level of taharat. That purifying the external limbs from sirim. Then the third level of taharat, purifying the internal self of sin. There's the internal self. This too becomes soiled. It becomes polluted. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Kalla balrana ala qulubihim ma kaakanu yaksibun, yaksibun, yaksibun. That their hearts have become rusted, have become soiled and polluted due to their actions. That now goes right, goes right, goes right deep down into the heart. In on hadith, Nabi Islam says, Inna hadihil qulub tasda, kama yasda'ul hadidida asabahul ma. That these hearts also become rusted. Like steel becomes rusted when it comes into contact with water. The Sahaba asked that, how then is, is this rust removed? Nabi Islam said, Excessive remembrance of death and excessive recitation of the Quran Sharif. This will polish the heart, will remove all the rust, will remove the dirt and the filth of the heart. This heart gets polluted, it sometimes gets so seriously polluted that the pollution of the heart becomes a barrier from entry into Jannah. The hadith Nabi Islam says that this heart, this heart gets affected by takabur, by pride. لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال حبة من خردل من كبر That person cannot enter Jannah who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. The heart is so badly polluted. What is the external self? The external self is external. Then the internal self, that is more important than the external self. Sometimes a person, outwardly he seems fine. So he met in accident, everything is looking fine. But they say, no, this person is critical. So he has got internal injuries. The external injuries were not so serious. That's something that can be attended to much more easily. So this person got internal injuries, is critical. Allah Ta'ala protect, Allah protect, Allah protect us and save us. So the internal problem is far more serious. The internal self is far more important. And the internal problem is far more serious. So the, so the, so the external sins, we just understood how serious that is. Can we imagine what affects the internal self? How much more dangerous that is. That this pride comes in the heart. This pride comes in the heart, it becomes a means of destroying everything. The person in that pride now looks down upon others, as a result of which he destroys all his deeds. He regards himself as somebody. The person who starts regarding himself as somebody, becomes somebody in his eyes, he becomes a total nobody in the sight of Allah. So this pride, this ujb, this malice comes in the heart. This malice comes in the heart, it starts now creating so many problems, problems, problems for a person. He gets involved in so many sins as a result of this malice. 
this malice breeds in the heart, now it starts loosening the tongue towards ghibat. Because that malice now will get expressed somewhere. So now it's a malice in the heart, but the effect, the ghibat is happening. So it's an internal problem that is manifesting itself, polluting the external self also now. That malice in the heart is now making a person wish ill for somebody. The hasad started now. All these are the impurities of the heart. And they are so dangerous. This hasad comes in the heart. Al-hasadu ya'kulul hasanat kama ta'kulun narul hatab. Nabi Islam says this hasad. This wishing ill for the next person. Hoping, some, hoping something happens to him. His ni'mat and the bounty Allah blessed him must get removed from there. Must get destroyed. Something must happen to him. He must get hurt. His business must fail. And Allah forbid what not a, not, a, not a person starts wishing for this. This hasad, Nabi Islam says, it destroys a person's amal. Like how fire just burns up wood in a short time, it's ash. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Person's amal get destroyed in that manner. Now where is this hasad in the heart? The result of it, the amal got destroyed. This is how serious this heart, the internal, how important it is to keep this clean. And when this gets polluted, how dangerous it is. This love of dunya comes in, comes, in, comes in the heart. This is a pollution of the heart of a very severe nature. And when the love of dunya comes, now that love of dunya, Nabi Islam described in the hadith, رَأْسُ This is the root to every evil. This love of dunya, it will now make a person start compromising his deen, his salah will get compromised, sometimes his zakat won't get discharged, he will now Sometimes be robbing somebody, defrauding someone. He'll be lying to just make an extra few rands and cents and cents and cents. He'll be doing so many things, bribing somewhere, getting involved in some corruption. And what not will happen, being somebody else down and feeling, well, how smart I was. The root to every sin, Nabi Islam says. Now, this is a problem in the heart. This problem settles in the heart. It just turns everything upside down. So just as now the external self, the first level of taharat was necessary, then the external sins, to make tawbah from that, this internal self, this too is something necessary. This happens in the company of the Ahlullah and Mashayikh. This is not something like a person, he has a small flu, he'll take some panados at home and carry on. This is an ICU case. Nobody has had a transplant, heart Bypass done in his bedroom. Hasn't happened. And it doesn't happen like that. This is an ICU story. Person has to present himself in the, at the feet of the Mashaykh and the Ahlullah. These are my problems. This is what's going on in my heart. This is a kind of hasad that I'm harboring. This is a kind of ill feelings I'm having for others. This is how I'm looking down upon others. How I think of myself as somebody. This is a love of dunya that is making me do so many problems, so many things. And when he will sincerely and in all honesty explain what his problems are, spend time in their company, take that ilaj and that prescriptions that might be given, which might be tailor-made for him alone, considering his own circumstances. And he will make an effort to practice on that. That bypass is not such as just walk in the park as they say. No, it's a long, long story. It starts off from before the bypass already. 
and it carries on from long after the bypass. So that is a third level of taharat, taharat, taharat. And then there's a fourth level which is the level of the very special personalities and friends of Allah Taala. That the heart becomes, becomes, becomes empty of masih of Allah. That the heart has nothing but Allah in it. Dil mera ho jayek meydane hu tu hi tu ho tu hi tu ho tu hi tu so the Khaja Azir Hassan Majjub Rahmatullah Ali he's a beautiful couplet which gives this whole story in a few lines Ya Allah my heart my heart must become like an empty field 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 the only thing that exists in this field is tu hi tu ho tu hi tu ho tu hi only you and my whole body, tan mera bajaye abo gil, darde dil ho, darde dil, darde dil ho, darde dil. Ya Allah, my whole, whole, whole body, head to toe, was only be beating with your love. And ghair se bilkul hi ut jaye nazar, tu hi tu aaye nazar, dekhu jidhar. Allah, everywhere I must only see the manifestation of your kudrat. I must see your beauty being manifested. I must see the the tajalli of all your greatness. And that is what in another couplet Hadha Sahib explains. Har tamanna dil se rukhsat ho gai, ab to a to a to a ja, ab to khalwat ho gai. Ya Allah, everything else has gone out of my heart. My heart is now empty. Now when la ilaha illallah has happened, la ilaha has happened, now illallah happens. When a person has negated everything besides Allah Ta'ala, now he's emptied his heart of all ghayrullah. Now illallah. First is that negation. All, all, all the ghayrullah out of his heart. Now illallah, the heart is have been readied for illallah. Now it's Allah, Allah. That is now on another level of, of, of those who have become close to Allah, wa ta'ala. When a person has achieved all this taharat, and he has brought himself to that level of purity, now when he says subhanallah Allah, Allah once, his subhanallah will fill the scales on the day of Qiyamah. He says subhanallah alhamdulillah once, with that taharat, with that first level of taharat, the second level of taharat, his mouth is not with the stench of lying, or the stench of ghibad, or that heart is not, his heart is not rusted, and all the other things, the internal taharat and the external taharat. And now this masiv Allah has been taken out of his heart. Everything besides Allah, 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 Allah is out of his heart. Now he will say, one subhanallah, alhamdulillah, it will fill the space between the heavens and the earth with the reward of it. And his salah will be, will be, will be nur. Nur he nur. His one salah, Allah knows best way he'll take it. And his one sadaqah will be that proof for him on the day of Qiyamah. And his sabr will enlighten everything for him. But on the basis of what? Just like that person who didn't have wudu, his salah wasn't valid. Likewise, after that salah, after that wudu, the salah became valid. After all this taharat has been achieved, then that salah, that one subhanallah will bring this reward. Otherwise, wherever he is, if he's halfway there, then he'll bring, he'll bring, he'll bring, he'll bring half that. He's caught away, he'll bring quarter that. So it's not something to become despondent about. Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is tremendous. But this is what we are being told, 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 where we have to aim for. 
This is where we have to direct our efforts towards. To achieve this complete taharat. Not to be just content while I'm performing my salah, everything is fine. Alhamdulillah. That's a tremendously great bounty of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala enables somebody to perform his five times salah. Allah, this is a great namad of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to continue till our, till, our, till our last breath that not one salah becomes qaza ever. And without any valid reason, we don't miss it with jamaat as well. In the masjid. But, that's still at one level only. There's so much more to do. It doesn't finish off there. That is one important first step. So much more to make of that salah. To achieve this taharat. And all these levels of taharat that will now bring this value to this deen. Bismillah wa ta'ala. Give us a tawfiq that we achieve this reality of taharat. This internal taharat, external taharat, taharat, taharat. And our hearts become purified and cleansed of all the things that have polluted our hearts and become a barrier in getting closer to Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us this reality.